0: Welcome back, everybody. The Bauer and Rose Show. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you multiple times per week. And on Sundays right here on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125, our podcasts available, hosted online at justthenews.com and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure and hit the like button, subscribe, and tell all your friends and enemies that um The objective here at the show is to, um, I would say, give Gary Bauer a coronary, but you don't really have to do much to get Gary Bauer going. And let's start...
1: And now, so now you're going to throw some red meat my way. I'm right?
0: throwing your, I'm throwing red meat your way, Pete Buttigieg. We now know what happened with the Norfolk Southern uh, derailment in northeastern Ohio. Uh, white men are blamed for the chemical spill for once, and totally by accident. Uh, Pete may be right. He's terrible at his job. He's one of the worst transportation secretaries we've ever had. But he's gay, so it's all fair in love Wait a and minute. war. He's gay? He's gay. He loves trains, though, Gary. He loves trains. Remember how he used to tell us how much he loved trains? Um, Where is the guy? I mean, he's the first cabinet secretary in American history who takes paternity leave for a living. And we've got this situation in northeastern Ohio now. 20 out of the 150 cars on this Norfolk Southern train carried highly toxic chemicals. Let's just talk about one of the chemicals, vinyl chloride. When burned, uh, it decomposes into phosgene gas. Does phosgene gas ring a bell? Well, in April 1915, German chemists looking for a way to kill British and French soldiers across no man's land in Belgium and France tested a method of releasing this funny little gas called phosgene that smothered tens of thousands of French Algerian troops in this ghastly cloud of gas at the Second Battle of Ypres. They died these agonizing, horrible, suffocating deaths. It was so horrendous, chemical warfare in the First World War, that the world, for the first and only time ever agreed unilaterally to ban and outlaw the use of chemical weapons, a prohibition which has largely held, there have been a few exceptions, like in 2017 when President Assad of Syria used it to murder his own people, uh, Donald Trump sent 70 cruise missiles in to teach him a lesson, but not even Hitler violated the prohibition against chemical weapons, and yet the EPA permits a controlled burn in a highly populated area of this devastating gas.
1: What, what do we use the gas for today? What is the Is there an industrial use for it? Yeah, part? it's
0: used for making uh, PVC pipes. It's used for paint resin. I mean, it has its mm-hmm. purposes and uses, right. but you're going to tell me, Gary Bauer, that the best way to dissipate this derail, these train cars that had uh, vinyl chloride, was to burn it?
1: I- yeah, uh- Tom, I I mean, (laughs) the the events in this little place in Ohio that nobody's ever heard of, unless you live in that county, uh, which, by the way, voted 75 percent for Trump-Pence to 25 percent for uh, Biden-Harris, as horrible as this is and what and and. What those people are going through, I I do not in any way, shape, or form want to uh, shrink the significance of that. These are, you know, I'm going to be very polite. These are my people. I mean, these are the kind of people I grew up with. When I see them on TV, I immediately see Aunt Kate and Aunt Goldie and Uncle Buck, Uh, you know, people, men that still go to work with lunchboxes. Did you really have an Uncle Buck? I did, yes, yeah. (laughs) One of my favorite Uh, movies of all time. Yeah. So, but Tom, it it ends up that the events there and and how they're being reacted to is a almost perfect commentary, living commentary of what is wrong in America – and I would I would say it's also um, if you just look, if you just look in that direction and listen, you'll see why Donald Trump was elected president of the United States. It was exact. Trump didn't cause all the cynicism and all the um, sense of uh, nobody cares about people like me. He was a product of that simmering feeling. So you would, you'll you enjoy this, Tom. I, I was thinking about it this morning when I got up. Um, how does the United States government treat uh, two different Palestines? <laughs> now, there, there's one uh, which is an imaginary country in the Middle East, which the Biden administration, as soon as they took office, repealed what Trump-Pence did and sent— the people of that Palestine, a billion dollars of the tax money of every American, including heartland America, including Ohioans, including people in that community. And what did those people in Palestine do with their new $1 billion? Well, since that was sent, the killing of Israeli Jews went up 900%. Because the money is used, at least in part, to pay lifetime indemnity to the families whose sons or daughters blow themselves up in the process of killing Jews. Now, that's one group of favorite Palestinians. The East Palestinians of Ohio are at the exact bottom of the list of favor. They won't get a penny Unless they can figure out some way to multiply much greater than they naturally have the power that should afford to any free citizen of the United States. They are nobodies in the calculation of Washington, D.C. I was talking to a friend of mine here in the Washington, D.C. area yesterday who lives in a $1.6 million house. He goes, well, Gary, I feel bad about it, but they should just move. And I go, really? So who would buy (laughs) the houses within a mile of a railroad track whose soil has been poisoned whose water is undrinkable whose animals are dying on the site of whose the people there suffering headaches migraines the peeling of their skin their lips turning different color why really important people from the EPA and Northfolk Southern and I would even add the governor of freaking Ohio who is a republican Say things that are nonsensical, that show with every sentence that ain't where they live. So everybody just calm down. We see no evidence. So our testing shows, really, show us the testing. Well, the testing's confidential. The testing's confidential. Well, can, we, we can move back to our houses? Sure. Well, any other advice? Well, don't drink the water. I, I wouldn't drink the water if I were you. Wait wait a minute. There's something wrong. With it. No, the testing's on. Somebody was going around that community yesterday, Tom, trying to get these folks to sign um, papers th- in which they would pledge not to hold anybody financially.
0: They well. withheld tests of underground well water and public city water. They went to people's homes, Gary. And they said, we're here to test your water to make sure it's safe, but we can't do it until you sign a legal waiver. We're not going to test your water until you indemnify us for any possible malfeasance. This is the EPA. It burns, it permits, it licenses controlled burns in populated areas of deadly chemicals, Tens of thousands of gallons. I heard a number. I think it was thirty-five thousand gallons of this stuff burning for weeks. Yet Governor Dewine, who I like, says, uh, "Go home, drink the water, lap it up, bathe your babies." Uh, it's and this is after two and a half years of mask wearing, social distancing for. An illness that obviously, when it hit vulnerable people, was devastating. But for otherwise healthy people, which is ninety nine percent of the pop ninety five percent of the population, it's a cold or sniffles or a minor sore throat. What's going on here?
1: Yeah, you know, Tom, and you're not going to like this because I'm going to make I'm going to say two things. you you'll agree with one, and you'll probably wince at the other. But I, I bet there's somebody from that community listening to our podcast, and so I'm going to ask them to pass this on. If they really want to get help from the United States government, if they want the media to make you know favorable presentations about them and who they are, I noticed in some of the video coming out of the community a lot of people, the fools, are flying American flags. Do you ever notice this, Tom? The poorer and the more working class the neighborhood, that is the people who are struggling the most in America, the more likely they are to have a flag of love of America outside their modest homes. The richer you are, and I see it all over the greater Washington, D.C. area. Oh, well, well we wouldn't want to put a flag up. So if you in the, uh, you know, that community in Ohio, if you want to get the attention of the United States government, take down the American flags. Don't be a fool. Take those flags down and put up the LGBTQ flag. Or, and this is the part you're not going to like, if you don't want to do that, put up the Ukrainian flag. (laughs) And then the billions will flow into your community. (laughs) That's actually – I wanted
0: to go there. (laughs) I I, I wanted to go there because there was a piece I'm sure you saw in the Wall Street Journal last Friday. I'm behind on my reading. Um, Just had a story that said it's going to take – now. Work with me here, Bauer, 13 years to replace our javelin stockpiles that we've given to Ukraine, 13 years. We're running out of high Mars. Now, what we've got in Ukraine today is a war of attrition. Right. The Ukrainians initially fought off Russia, their attempted conquest. Russia failed in its maximalist aims, So we then immediately thought Ukraine was going to win. While it looks like Russia lost, lost the war from that perspective. In the meantime, Russia's obliterating Ukraine. Um, now, this is a war of ut- a war of attrition. A lot of things can happen in a war. One side wins, one side loses. Um, in a war of attrition, uh, There are two ways it can go. First, you can win by willpower. Yours holds. The other guy's doesn't. The other way, which is what we did in the Second World War, was to outproduce the other guy and destroy his production capabilities. So we're giving the Ukrainians all kinds of material, but we're not producing any more of it. So now we have to ramp up production, but we're not actually ramping up production. Why? Because we don't have the ability to ramp up production because we've shut down our industrial capacity for high-tech weapons. So we put all of our faith in sanctions against Russia, believing that it would prevent Russia from being able to deplete to uh, replenish its supplies. But we heard that last winter. We heard it last spring. Oh, sanctions are going to kick in. Russians won 't be able to keep fighting. We heard it this summer. We heard it last fall. now we 're hearing it in the winter. But guess what they 're keeping to fight. so we 're in a war of attrition where we 're not able or willing to mass you know to uh, keep mm-hmm. up with production, and um, the
1: Russians are. So where are we going here? Well, Tom, as you know, I've been asking – I was asking that question a year ago and irritating uh, good pro-defense conservatives like uh, you and and some of the folks uh, over at the uh, Foundation for the Defense of Democracy and, and, uh, and so forth. The
0: bottom line is we don't have a strategy for this phase of the war. We helped initially, but we've now created this new situation – Um, we we made the same mistake that putin made we grossly overestimated the russian army and we grossly underestimated ukrainians ability and determination to 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 fight back but where are we now
1: well tom i you, you know in my view there there are i mean there's just a whole list of things here that i just don't think make any sense and we we could we would need six hours to discuss it all and you and I, we don't disagree on much, but we would probably disagree on some of the origins and and, and so forth. But I, I've been troubled by a number of things. I don't understand the impulse on the conservative pro-defense right to demand foreign policies that make complete sense if the president is Ronald Reagan or Donald Trump, but make absolutely no sense when the president is Jimmy Carter or Barack Obama. Or Joe Biden, because you can't go to war thinking you're going to win when you have non-entities like Biden and Harris and all the people around them. Second of all, I I don't think we're asking the right questions. Why is the American left, which has opposed every effort to fight communism for decades, tried to undermine the Cold War we were waging with the Soviet Union, but now they're all in on this war? Why is that? Donald Trump. They're they're still very ambivalent about Donald Trump. It's all domestic. They're in because of Donald Trump. I I think they're in because of that, but I'll tell you Tom. And I I know this is all dangerous territory. I think there's something else here, too. Now, I I am, you know, I always feel like I have to say this. You know, Putin is a bad man. I, I wouldn't trust him to babysit my grandchildren. I wouldn't accept the investment advice from him. I wouldn't want him anywhere near decent people or whatever. But whether he's lying or not, Biden, I mean, I'm sorry, Putin has vocally opposed Left-wing social movements in Russia, when these freaky, I can't say their name on the air, group of women were going into churches and desecrating the altar of these churches by taking crosses and so forth and putting them in various parts of their body, something that here the left would say, well, that's free speech. And don't you dare try to stop Putin Threw their butts in jail. I think the other reason they hate him so much, it's not just domestic that the sense of domestic politics that they associate Trump and they want Trump to be associated uh, with Russia. I think they hate the fact that he uh, that Putin, whether it's sincere or not, speaks up for Christian orthodoxy of the European style. It's one of the reasons they hate the 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 uh, leader of Hungary who has the audacity of saying Hungary is a Christian nation that's why it was formed that's who we are we don't want anybody else in here and all these leftist global citizens that are happy to send your son to war to fight a you know conflict that ends up in nobody's going to win in ukraine will go to the mat to defend uh Gay groups and all the rest of this crap. By the way, Tom, this crap is also being pushed by every international organization, including the national defense international organizations. It's not just, you know, the UN, it's NATO and related groups are redefining what the values of the West are that we're supposed to fight for, we're supposed to give our sons for. And guess what those values include? No no, no religion in the public square, the right of men to marry each other, a human right, abortion on demand, uh, and over the Pentagon. Who knows how many people are sitting around going, wow. Why is nobody enlisting anymore from south of the Mason-Dixon and west of the Mississippi? What a mystery. I mean, Tom, we're, we're on a road where we the West is at war with itself. People were willing to die and fight for Judeo-Christian civilization, even if they wouldn't have ever called it that. They were willing to fight for Western civilization whose premier value is the freedom to seek God and worship God as you see fit. They are not willing to fight for a civilization that all over the world, parents of multi-races and colors are doing everything they can to protect their children from the United States of America. I just saw an interview with a bishop in Uganda who said we are fighting a losing battle trying to save our children from Western culture. And now on top of that, we're dealing with American billionaires who have come into Uganda, are throwing money around until we cave in and authorize same-sex marriage. Because that's what's, what's holding Uganda back. They don't let men marry men. Tom, we – I mean seriously, we got to – as a party, as a movement – We've got to get serious about what this whole thing we've been part of is about because if what it's about is the crop we're exporting now, you're going to have about half of America that you're going to have to worry about at the end of the day. Well, the answer, of course, is that
0: Western values, American values, so to speak, they change, right? They change so rapidly rapidly. First, we're talking, you know, after the war, you know, we rebuild the world in an image of um, that delivered more prosperity, goodness and peace than ever before, because we tried to promote uh, freedom and democracy and uh, freedom of the seas. And now we're pushing and promoting a totally different set of values that feelings trump facts, that we're all atavistic individuals, and that what's most important and so important is that um, we all fulfill our inner self, our society, you know, we export the glorification of victimhood, and we wonder why everyone at home is a victim. And by the way, what's so wonderful about victimhood? Victims are miserable. It's rotten to be a victim. The idea... That our society actually makes everyone a victim, and therefore we have to wreck society, destroy it, burn it to the ground, Uh, a society that created so many victims. When people say that as a result of that, they're worse off, that's not evidence that we did something wrong, Gary. That's evidence that we have to accelerate the destruction of our society, which creates so many oppressed people. We export it. We promote it. We incentivize
1: it. Uh, it's just, you know, but see, here's, Tom, here's where I think, we, you know, we, our paths diverge. All of what you're saying is true. Uh, but then that should require us to relook at American foreign policy. I mean, if you want to, if we want to make an argument that, well, we got to do whatever it takes because we live here, and whether it's gone off the rails or not, it is America, and we don't want it, uh, you know, go down the tubes or be conquered or whatever. But that, you know, that that's going to be hard to. What's your answer? Which I think I might have an answer. Well, I, I mean, I I want to. I don't think we're going to. I don't think we're going to win the next war. Tom, because of a actually a religious reason, and this is going to be very controversial. I believe we won wars in the past, not only because we have courageous men and women, but because the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, blessed us. His well, that's, it's two sides of awesome. the
0: same coin, though, isn't it? He yes, blessed yes, us yes. because we were productive, because we uh, worshipped him and glorified him, because we adhered to the strictures and principles of Judeo-Christian culture.
1: Right, right. So it's I, yeah. You know, some people have argued that what happened on nine eleven, uh, just a few blocks away, by the way, from where George uh, Washington gave the first inaugural address at uh, the the federal uh, center, the federal b- uh, building, and in that address, uh, said that this new nation was impossible to imagine without the hand of providence. And he dedicated the new country to that God. And so, just a few blocks away, in two thousand and one, at the center, the symbolic center, center of our economic might, and at the military center, symbolic center of our military might, at the Pentagon, uh, horrible enemies were able to work their will. And there, I, I've 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 heard Orthodox Jews. And I've known many Orthodox Christians that say that was not an accident. That was a warning. This is what will happen if, God, if I take my hand of protection off of you. So he used, they argue, really evil people to punish his people, which, as you know from the history of the Jewish people— The Bible was full of of examples of But we digress. People are probably turning off left and right. I will say, Tom, that Zelensky knows very well what's happened to America because in the middle of this war, he managed to get through a law that was an LGBTQ rights law in Ukraine in the middle of a war. Because if he wants the largesse of the United States and the people that run the culture and the government, that's what you have to do. In Hungary, the European Union is threatening to withhold financial aid to Hungary and to Poland unless they allow abortion on demand and same-sex marriage. Tom, why are we part of this? Why would we expect as more and more Americans find out, well, that's, that's what we do when we're helping Europe. We, we we get involved in that. And then back here at home, they take our children away from us in the public schools. They teach them all this crap. They teach us to hate. They teach them to hate the values of their parents. Oh, well, wait a minute. Uh, we're going to war again. Give us your sons and daughters. It's It's not – you can't – this is not sustainable. Something's got to happen. And it better darn well happen – Uh, before the missiles start flying from mainland China to the island of Taiwan.
0: Here's actually an irony that Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine has, no thanks to any planning or strategy on our part, actually helped us vis-a-vis China, I think, in a way, because it's woken up our European allies. Uh, They've looked and said, wait a second, President Xi, who flowers us with with, uh, blandishments and wants all these trade deals, he's supporting Putin's invasion of a sovereign European country that borders our own, a massive land invasion. Maybe China's not the answer. So now we've got – remember the so-called pivot to Asia? Now we're at least able to talk about dealing with China – In a way that doesn't put off our allies, but it's made us stronger. Whether or not Joe Biden's the guy to actually bring that to fruition, I have no idea. In this Wall Street Journal article I referenced earlier, you know we're six years behind on Uh, military deliveries to Taiwan. These are deliveries that have been approved, congressionally sanctioned. The Taiwanese have paid for them, and we can't make the deliveries because we haven't done anything to our production schedules. We're shipping everything that the Taiwanese have bought. We're sending it to Ukraine. So the Taiwanese, in the meantime, are starting to get a little antsy about the fact that we're not able to meet our
1: defense commitments to them. So, yeah, so Tom, you, you know, when um, something happens in the Middle East, and um, we've, we have regularly both made this point, it, something happens in the Middle East involving Israel and, and its uh, sworn enemies. And, and you'll see a newspaper article or the media coverage of it. And the, the coverage acts as if everything began at 8 a.m. today. And this is what happened today. And oh, look at that mean Israel! Completely ignores everything that happened all these decades from the the, the reestablishment of the modern state of Israel, et cetera. Well, you're describing the you know the the destruction of our industrial base. You, you, we're not we're not able to meet our our uh, commitments, or we we have lacked the will to meet our commitments. We're running out of weapons. Uh, Well, Why did that happen? Why did we lose our industrial base? Because the foreign policy establishment of the United States, Republican and Democrat, George W. Bush and Barack Obama went all in on trade with China. And I, I keep bringing it up because for me, when I was yelling at George W. Bush and he was yelling back in some of those presidential debates, I was blessed to be in it, it still seems to me like that happened like a week ago i i mean he he was completely clueless because he he had just said that he believed we should keep the embargo on communist cuba and then 10 minutes later he was defending more open trade with communist china and i looked at him i said you're arguing with yourself what, what, what are you talking about now and even when i when i laid it out for him he acted dumb about it so tom it it was the business wing of the republican party that promoted trade with china just like it's the business wing of the republican party although i think they've left now that's promoting all this woke crap and trying to push it on american families So, at some point here, we we have to have a coherent worldview. And that's why I think the only answer is populist conservatism. And that means we will not get back all the people in the suburbs that we once had. I'm not sure we're going to get them all back anyway, because many of them are, you know, uber-educated, and to get them back, we would have to cave on 10 other issues. We're, but we're going to, you know, we're going to have to replace those voters, and I believe the only hope to replace those voters are with working class people of all races, working class, middle class people all over America. That I doubt that uh, Republican or Democrat leaders have spent five minutes with in the in the last five years. Don't understand them. Don't really get up in the morning thinking about them. There are people like these people suffering in Ohio. There are people in all kinds of other places trying to stand up to other things. And by the way, while I'm at it, Tom, while I'm at it, shame on North folks, Southern. Shame on them. They didn't even show up at the town hall meeting. And what was their excuse? <laughs> they said, well, we're, we're really concerned about the safety of the people of the city that their railroad tracks were. No, no, they're they're afraid of the safety of their executives and their and their representatives and their PR people who would go to the town hall meeting because they're getting threats. Wow, who knew that people who think everything they've worked for all their lives may have been destroyed may be angry? What a what a shocking development that is.
0: <laughs> we gotta take a break you're listening to the Bower and Rose show right here on Sirius XM the Patriot channel 125 you can host the best backyard barbecue when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome back, everybody. Bauer and Rose. Our show is titled in reverse order of importance. (laughs) <laughs> We're here every Sunday on SiriusXM uh, in the morning, the Patriot Channel 125, and our podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. And we are hosted by our good friends at justthenews.com dot com. So you're not interested in my uh, Ukraine solution. You're not in. You don't care. You're not.
1: Well, interested. no, I do want to hear that. No, already. no, no. You're you not just, interested. Not interested. You not interested. You just mentioned justthenews.com uh, yep. and, and I just want to say that. As an aside, and, and uh, we, we don't get any bonus for doing things like that.
0: You don't need but a just, bonus, Bauer, after what Solomon's paying
1: you. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I, I just want to commend him and building this enterprise because, you know, unfortunately we live in a country and at a time when there's only a few trustworthy places to go to for consistent – uh, conservative ideas, and I would argue populist conservative ideas and just the news and John Solomon and the work he's doing. I mean, he is gone. He went out on limbs that a whole lot of other, uh, faux conservative people in the media, uh, did not dare to tread, and my hat goes off to him, and uh, whatever happens to our podcast, I hope it survives and thrives, but whatever happens, I hope Just the News and and John Solomon uh, uh, thrives and grows.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's a terrific sight. He's He's a, not only is he incredibly competent and capable, but he's a terrific reporter, and his reporting is not that political. I mean, it's not that, no. Uh, what's it looks the-
1: political because it's actual reporting. Right. <laughs> right. I, 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 it, they, it presents, you know, facts on our side too. Right. So right. You, have, you have a solution. I, uh, uh, I, I And I want to hear it because, the, Tom, one of the things that I, I just don't understand, where's the peace movement? Where's the guys running to a microphone, which they've done forever saying – I have an idea on how to get a peace agreement that will end this conflict so that the suffering of the Ukrainian people can end and so we can get back from this precipice of a possible bumbling into a nuclear exchange. I mean the problem, of course, is that
0: – and you and I do disagree on the source of the conflict, the cause of the conflict. But the problem from our perspective is that it's very clear we have no strategy. We have no strategy to either end the war or to win the war. The definition of victory is the whole ball game, in my opinion, and others. We're fighting this, we've talked before, we're fighting this war of attrition with two hands tied behind our back. We're not ramping up production, and we're not doing anything to minimize the opponent's uh, uh, production. Now, how do we define victory? President Zelensky's definition of victory... Totally understandable from an emotional perspective, from a moral perspective, from a perspective of decency. His definition of victory is to retake every square centimeter of Russian-occupied Ukraine. Makes sense from a Ukrainian perspective. He wants reparations to rebuild the country. And he wants war crimes trials for those in Russian leadership. Now, that'd be great. I'd, I'd love all of those things. But let's be honest. Um, does he plan to take Moscow? Does he plan to... I, see, that's the problem. Russia's definition is either the collapse of Ukraine or the obliteration of Ukraine. As Stephen Kotkin, the great historian and geostrategist, says, um, if you take it, you can't have it. Meaning, if Putin takes Ukraine, he can't have it because the country will be a smoldering ruin. Now, I get Zelensky's definition. I sympathize with it, but... It's not realistic, okay? It's just not. Let's assume for a minute that Ukraine does take all the territory, every inch. Let's remember what the war was about. The war was about, from Putin's perspective and Zelensky's perspective, for that matter, was about Ukraine joining the West. Now, if Ukraine takes back every inch of territory, and um, even including the Crimea, but isn't admitted to Europe or isn't put on a path to accession to the EU, is that victory? See, I don't think it is. Now, um, let's say that Ukraine gets something else. Accession to the EU is, is why the war happened. Let's say that Ukraine does not take back every inch of territory, has to cede some of it. Uh, there's an armistice with some kind of security guarantee, not necessarily NATO, but some kind of Western security guarantee, an armistice, something like we have in Korea on the demilitarized zone. And there is an accession process. And maybe it will take fifteen. It took Poland 14 years, and Poland was a lot more advanced than Ukraine, so it'll probably take 20, 25 years. Um, is that a victory? See, from a Ukrainian perspective, I would think that that's a victory. So now the issue is, how do we get an armistice? How do we secure it? That's going to require pressure on Putin. See, I don't. It's the problem is the two sides have completely mutually contradictory goals. And for all our talk about the collapse of the Russian military, how terrible they are, how incompetent they are, they're still pounding the living crap out of Ukraine every day.
1: I yeah, mean, well, I, a lot of that, Tom, was pure propaganda. Remember when all the articles were, you know, in another couple of weeks, the Russians are going to run out of missiles. Guess who's running no, out? Of, guess who's running it, out of stuff? I said, the article was completely <laughs> accurate. It just had the wrong country. It's us that are running out of missiles. So I look. They say successful. We done. need a solution that fits reality. Both sides stand up and push themselves away from the table, dissatisfied. They're unhappy that they had to make the concessions they did. There's no way both sides stand up saying, I got everything I wanted. So uh, as far as you know, what, what Zelensky wants, what Zelensky wants, what Zelensky wants, he is beholden to us. We are depleting our weapons, which is a threat to our national security. His country is most noted over the last 40 years— for its corruption, and what does it mean that you know? Uh, uh, yeah, we'd like to see him join the West. What West, Tom? The West of the 1950s? Yeah, that would be a West. I would want him to join too. The the West of 2023? Why? Why would I want another country to join that West? The next thing we'll see is abortion clinics over on every corner. You know, look look at what we're doing now. We just went in America through the COVID ordeal where the the whole argument was – We've got to save every life. That's why we got to shut down your schools, shut down your businesses, shut down your churches. Even one life is worth saving. Well, it is. I mean, absolutely. So that's, that's over. And what are we, what's been declared emergency now? The White House is getting ready to declare an abortion emergency. The emergency being that not enough little babies are being killed so we went in two years from trying to save every life even 95 year olds to now like we got to get those damn babies before they get out of the womb and that's the West today that is the West abortion on demand different strokes for different folks do whatever you want to do that's what America stands for so why do we want more countries to join that Why don't we clean up the you-know-what show we've created here so that people will want to join it because they know their nation will have better values, that their nation will respect the dignity and value and worth of every human being because they've all been made in the image of God. Not so they can import abortion, same-sex marriage, restrictions on religious liberty. Do you know the other day, Tom, why
0: does every country, did every country, and, and we see the accession process um, in the Western Balkans, Serbia, Croatia, actually, I can't remember if Croatia's in or not, Slovenia, I think, is in, but that's been going on for 20 years, Poland, a very conservative, 99.9% Catholic country, wanted in, got in, uh, has problems, obviously, the EU's giving uh, giving them a hard time, but why do they all want in the EU, Because because there's rule of law, because they're open markets, because it's a path to prosperity, um, and security. I mean, I don't begrudge Ukraine's desire. Uh, There's rule of law, really? In the EU, as as opposed to, what, Russia or Ukraine? Yeah, of course there is, I mean, much more so than either of those.
1: Look, well, it's, I, it, and well, I'm not, I guess, I mean, if we're going to compare us to the places that never had a history of, of uh, being democratic societies, yeah, but – America of twenty twenty three no, compared right. to America. But that's of but that's the EU.
0: We're not the EU. We don't have to be part of the EU. We don't want to be part of the EU. But the EU is not a bad thing to have, in
1: terms well, of hey look a whole bunch of a whole bunch of our foreign policy establishment want every country in Europe 100%. in the EU. And one of the reasons they love the EU. Is because it takes away from the citizens right. of the countries involved not only do their they, ability to govern right. themselves. Not only
0: do they want – I mean to, to uh, magnify your point, they not only want uh, the EU, EU to, um, uh, to expand and to be stronger, which is something that I would want, but what they want the part of the EU to expand are things that you and I don't like right we like the rule of law we like all the checks you got to check off to get into the eu and it's a long process you're either in or you're out uh but you go down that list and then but then once you're in of course the bureaucracy in brussels tries to shove down its i would call it woke ideology but it's it's Beyond that in a certain way, they're unapologetic about it and they don't have the culture wars that we have because most of West – this is another line that cracks me up about Russia, always worried about NATO expansion, NATO – expansion. Most of the countries in NATO we can't get to spend one percent of their they're pacifist nations the German army is a joke its planes can't fly its ships can't float its guns can't fire the German army is a
1: total joke so i don't I don't accept that well, you were a part of an administration that you know tried to do something about it absolutely and kicked oh, the yeah, in, of course uh, every time you you tried it, Tom, I I mean, look, the rule of law throughout Europe, just like it is here, is very much up for grabs. Uh, We're we're seeing, uh, just like in totalitarian societies, uh, government agencies who are always warning us about external threats and how we need to give them more power and authority so they can protect us from our enemies – are in fact using those powers, not only here in the United States, but in England and France and Canada and New Zealand and many other places, they're using those powers against their own citizens and not just any old citizens, against citizens like us and the people that are likely to be listening to this podcast. Tom, there's just a gigantic contradiction here that it is the... It's the elephant in the room. We are on a path that cannot be sustained. We're finding out that not only did our own intelligence officials try to inf- influence now the last four or five elections, they've tried to do it in Israel. They did it in Brazil. We found out that in England, uh, their their security apparatus was collecting the names of doctors that spoke out against the vaccine. We just had representatives of the Tory party in England try to pressure the church of England to start blessing same-sex marriages. There was a woman arrested the other day, standing across the street from an abortion clinic. I saw that. And she just had her head down and a policeman walked up to her and said, excuse me, ma'am, you wouldn't be saying a prayer in your mind, would you? And she said, well, I, I may be. And he said, you're under arrest. Not in Moscow, not in Beijing, in London. I, I mean, we just had right here in Washington, D.C., high school kids walk into the Air and Space Museum and had on their hats... uh, things that said pray the rosary pro-life or whatever they were thrown out a big burly guard walked up to them because they didn't leave right away and he looked at him and he goes you're getting real close to making my day so tom i i just we've got a huge problem a huge
0: disconnect you know it's funny our elites have been predicting Uh, the end of the world since the beginning of the world but they might be right about one part of the world and that would be uh, the western world Uh, an open question whether much if any of it of us are going to survive the 21st century but we're out of time maybe like the elites predicting the end of the world this is the end
1: I'm glad we're out of time (laughs) because I'm exhausted
0: (laughs) this is the end of this edition of the Bauer and Rose show have a great weekend everybody we'll talk to you next week don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your favorite uh, podcast delivery mechanism so you don't miss an episode of the Bower and Rose Show.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.